everyone, this is Jake from Recorded Therapy Sessions, and man, what a time we are living in. It's crazy. We are on about week seven of this quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. It's a very odd time. Um, I hope everyone is staying safe out there. We know that we have been here. We've been trying to be responsible and quarantine ourselves. And because of that, we've had to record a number of these episodes for the podcast over Zoom. And so just one thing I want to bring up really quick is that for this episode, we had to use Zoom audio because we did not have our microphone situation set up. So you're not going to hear the usual silky, smooth radio voices that you normally hear or maybe that you've gotten used to. It's going to be some Zoom audio. So just a heads up on that. But do not fear. The next episode that comes out, we have got our microphone situation down on lock. So I just want to say thank you for everyone that has actually taken the time to check out and listen to the podcast too. It seriously means a lot to us. And we are official now because we have our own Gmail account. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, maybe topics that you explored or maybe you would like us to explore, please shoot us an email at recordedtherapysessions at gmail.com. The password is going to be, um, whoops, <laughs> never mind. But send us an email, any topics that you would like to hear or things that maybe you've thought interesting, insightful, or maybe you just want to refute us and let us know what's up. Either way, shoot us an email. Also, probably going to start an Instagram account at some point in the near future, so be on the lookout for that. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. This week, we are talking about all the things that we say that we cannot do and why do we say that these are things that we cannot do. Enjoy. Recorded therapy sessions. Is that our little jingle? The intro jingle? Yeah, we just came up with it. Dude, that jingle is fire. Can you hit me with it one more time? It's recorded therapy sessions. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to recorded therapy sessions, episode five. My name is Jake, and I'm joined over Zoom with David and Wayman. In our Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So, today is April 11th. By the way, I'm saying the dates now because I realize people might get confused and think that we're releasing things on the days that we're recording them. That is not at all true. We record not probably two weeks before they actually are released. So that one that was just released, episode one, was actually recorded in December, even though it's April. <laughs> it came hey. out in months, but whatever. So uh, oh, here we are on a beautiful day of April 11th. We've got no one can host today, oddly. So we're going to just say Sharon from Zoom is the host. Uh, thanks, Sharon. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. And so she's going to probably give us a prompt today. Sharon, over to you. Good work, David. The prompt that I thought for everyone today is, did you all do your homework and bring five things to this meeting? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Sharon. Oh, uh, yeah, so Wayman, what about you? Did you bring your, did you bring five things? I, I so I'm not going to lie. I only brought maybe three but I can think of five Sharon's pretty fast. Like that. I know. I, I'm really bad with homework. 
this week has been weird. I'm sorry. That's on me. Hmm. So you, so you guys should probably start off first before I start. <laughs> wow. I didn't, right. I didn't bring five either. But, <laughs> however, <laughs> I, okay, so seriously, I thought about this a lot, and David's going to introduce this topic that in what we're referencing here, too. But I thought about it a lot, and I realized that there's actually a lot of good conversations that can come from just even the idea of what we're trying to get at. We don't necessarily mm-hmm. need exactly five things. And that's okay. not in the cop-out like explanation of me trying to be like, that's why I didn't do it. <laughs> so just stick with, me. Mm-hmm. stick with me. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My plan was also to send you guys chip cookie, and I totally forgot about that. Oh, oh wait a minute. I totally seriously. Oh. I was going to be like at 6.30 at Fox and Chip Cookies at the door. Wow. Should I go then, check outside? <laughs> don't check right now because there's no cookies. Ah. I, uh, I messed up. I, for, I forgot to set it up. Do you guys want chip cookie though? I will send it to you guys. <laughs> I'm solid. Thank you though. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Sorry. Actually, before we really dive into it though, too, I don't know if we actually addressed it, but the audio for this podcast is going to be a little bit different because of the current events that are going on in the world. We are all separated at our own places and we are recording this virtually, not together which makes me sad, but that's the way it is. So if you listen to this podcast in the future, we are technically telling history right now. Mm. Oh, yeah, kind of in a way. But anyway, there's so many people. (laughs) It's current events, like news. I'm sure so many podcasts are talking about what's going on. You guys know what's going on. So let's let's get into our other topic. David, take it away, dude. Nah, for real though, real quick on that. Uh, we're doing the best that we can with Sharon's equipment right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, uh, on a quick note, since we have such a large public presence and we're <laughs> just a figure that everyone looks up to, um, I just want to go ahead and say thanks. Shout out to organizations like Zoom and uh, Discord and people like that who are really just connecting people during these times. It's super cool what they're doing. Like a lot of them are expanding their normal range of their free tier stuff so that everybody can do it i don't know zoom has been super cool like i've been using it way more uh, well obviously and uh, it's a ton of fun it's great to connect with people so anyways shout out and thank you to these organizations that are helping people stay connected during the quarantine is this a sponsorship that i wasn't yeah. filled in on so hey, i i didn't even just, hear about it i just got some fat stacks delivered uh um, no. <laughs> send some over here dude yeah i'll, uh, I'll have definitely <clears throat> just a bummer i can't get them to you guys right now <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways so today we are recapping from our last time that we got together and we were all chilling at jake's house discussing times that we were telling ourselves that we couldn't do stuff because either we had this weird view of ourselves or like it didn't line up with our perception of our skill level or whatever it might be, or we, we just kind of had these ideas where like, I can't do this or that thing because well, I just, I just can't do it. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Like the classic example of Jake just being like, Oh, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not good at math. Uh, yeah no that was the example that was the example (laughs) classic even though i was doing a general example and then you just felt attacked and 
projected it on yourself. <laughs> Dude, it was like super attacking over there. <laughs> uh, classic. So I'm just riding that wave. Uh, anyways, so Jake, tell us about math that you can't do and how that impacts your perception of yourself and what you think you can or can't do. Well, here's the challenge, David, I'll tell you this, is that <laughs> luckily, because we're all kind of on quarantine lockdown, we don't have to go to restaurants anymore. Because I will tell mm -hmm. you, math has hampered me in just trying to figure out tips. I got to pull out the phone like a like an idiot and try mm -hmm. to figure out, do tip calculators. No, so on a serious note, with that kind of example of, you know, in what ways do we limit ourselves? I think maybe later in the conversation, I want to get more into why we kind of limit ourselves. Because mm -hmm. that's when I thought about this topic and I was trying to think of five things my focus kept going back to, okay, well, why do we limit ourselves, right? But the, the best example that I have, and it's because it's so top of mind for me, is that let's say a year ago, if you asked me, you know, I, I like doing a lot of like exercise, physical activity stuff. If you asked me how I felt about running, I would have told you, oh, no, I don't do that. I'm not a runner. I hate running, right? Mm -hmm. Well, times have changed. And now I'm running a lot. And that's because of friends and influence or just various, you know, oh, yeah. life happens. And so all of a sudden now I find myself going on these long runs and running a ton when, you know, maybe just even six months ago, that wasn't part of my identity. And I made it clear that it was not going to be a part of my identity. So that's the one I think most recent and most top of mind example for me. Shout out uh, Kyler Darren. Same thing yeah, happened to me, seriously. dude. <laughs> he pushed me to do some running as well. But anyways, uh, yeah, so you're saying there was this sense of self that you had that was like not a runner. And then all of a sudden you've been breaking that down and changing that. How'd yeah. that happen? Well, so it was a couple of, for me, it was just staying open-minded. Because I'm not someone, and this has changed over the past couple of years, but I'm not someone who will never say never. Like I'm, I, I'm not the type to go, oh, well, I'll never do that. Cause I've learned over time that especially if you're open-minded, well, why would you, why would you write things off right off the bat? If you've never even tried it before, you don't know what you're going to find and going to like. And so Kyler was a big influence on the running, but then also a lot of like public figures that I kind of look up to or get inspiration from they're big into working out, but then also running and they're doing these crazy long races. And so it's a combination of all those things that kind of influenced me to go, you know what, maybe there's something here that mm -hmm. I didn't see in the past, right? Maybe there's something that I could, maybe there's value that I could get out of it. Or now that I'm revisiting this idea, quotes, air quotes, you know, 10 years later, I probably have a different perspective on it now. So that's, that's, the main one I brought today out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, dude. Well, it's cool that it's one that you're already changing. That was another thing that I guess we were going to discuss was pick one that maybe you aren't changing right now <laughs> and think of ways that you could change it. But dude, just to keep on that, it, I think it's cool when you break out of these limiting molds that you put for yourself like you these identities that you might set up that are super limiting um dude kyler did the same thing for me <laughs> he's like i challenge yeah. you to run for 30 minutes and i was like dang okay 
that sounds awful. I've never done that before. I, I associated running with probably like all my bad childhood memories of running the mile in PE right. class. <laughs> totally, yeah. And everyone's like, that was the worst day of the year. Uh, you, you never wanted to run the mile. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's only like, what, like a, maybe a maximum like nine minutes or something like that, like of your life. But it was something so dreaded. Uh, I probably hadn't run outside of playing games and sports and stuff. Just like a full mile by myself at any point in time since like PE and like, I don't know, high school or something. But uh, yeah, so when Calorie like pushed me to do it and he's like, you know, you can do it. It's just like a mental thing, just push through it. I ran farther uh, and for longer than I had ever run in my entire life. And that yeah. was such a crazy feeling to break this <laughs> weird mental barrier that I had and just be like, oh wow, this is not at all everything I was making out to be. You know, I made it to be such a big deal. It's not. Um, yeah. Super free. And you keep building on that too. I just, I chime in because it's the same exact thing where most of the time, up until this point in my life, the most I've run is like, you know, three to four miles at a time. And then all of a sudden last weekend, Kyler and I knocked out 11 miles. That's the farthest I've ever run in my yeah, life geez. in one go. And so... But it is that mental barrier because that's such an intimidating thing. But then we broke it down and we were like, no, this is totally, well, at least for me, I was like, no, I can do this. That's totally doable. And then I did it. And now I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So I can do 10 plus. And so then your brain kind of starts looking at the next thing because now we're going, mm -hmm. okay, well, half marathon is three or 13.1. And so now I'm like, dude, I'm only three miles away from doing a half marathon. Dude. I'm sure once I hit that point, I'll be going, you know what, tack on an extra two or three miles. Mm -hmm. Next thing, all of a sudden I got a marathon. You know what I mean? You just keep building. So it's cool. But, and I like that he challenged you to start getting on that train. <laughs> now you're out running, you know. Dude, social accountability, it's huge, at least for me. I know that's such a motivating factor for me is if somebody is a good friend of mine that I really look up to, they have high expectations of me. And then they say, you should do this. You're going to do this. And then <laughs> I don't want to let them down. I want to like become the best that I can be for that person to like meet those high expectations. Super powerful motivation, no doubt. No, it's honestly kind of interesting that in order to do something that you would never do or think you would never do, you have to have somebody to actually push you to do that or some type of like stimulant that will actually get you to that point whether that be people that you know start working out they're like i will drink pre-workout and that will get me to do working out or in your guys's cases uh kyler darren was like hey you guys should run you should run and you guys had that kind of um respect for him to actually heed his advice and then actually start the running process and now you guys are at a point where you guys are super fit and just throwing down the running game. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about that, but I mean, that last <laughs> part, but everything up until that point, extremely accurate. Yeah, dude, for sure. I, I mean, I, I guess it would vary per person. You know, different personalities might be motivated by different things or needing those different stepping stones to get out of that mental barrier, but Wayne, speaking of, what about you? Do you have anything on your list or 
of whatever that you brought <laughs> that either you you haven't kind of overcome yet or you have? Honestly, I think the main overcoming factor is, or I guess a simple topic is I don't garden. I don't like to garden. I don't understand gardening. I It doesn't make sense in my head. Um, and I think it's just more of just, it's not, it is systematic, but then also it's not systematic at the same time. You can't use A chemical to take care of B or B plant. You have to use B chemical to take care of B plant. You know what I mean? And then also like the plant just decides to like consume other plants. And then like, you're just trying to like water grass and you're like, yeah, water is going to make you go green. And then like, they don't, it doesn't go green. And you're just like, what's going on? And I think for me, like to put that simple topic of I can't garden and then expand that more. It's more of like trying to tackle a, an area that I'm not familiar with, which is outdoor housework. Hmm. The unfamiliar is always the most difficult to uh, <laughs> feel confident about or feel like excited for because it's hard to predict what you're going to experience. Or even just to see, you know, you're just like out there, you're just like, where do I start? Do you start with the weeding? Do you start with the hedging? Do you start with the mowing? Do you start with the trimming? And then how far do you trim? What is okay to trim? What you shouldn't cut? What you should cut? You know, there's a lot of, and then like going down that line, you go through different plants and then you're just like, oh, I want to trim down this tree. But if you want to trim it down correctly, or, and also lawfully, you need to have an arborist. And so that's where I'm just like, so confused and like my head, like trying to jumble all of this stuff and then tackling it is the hardest for me. David, you've, I feel like you're the, you're the um, traffic controller for today's topic. So if you want to <laughs> okay. wait, if you want to wait on this topic or this question, let me know and we can come back to it. Okay. But this just what I want to ask Wayman because it comes up, I think for all of us too. And David, you need to talk about kind of yours as well. Mm -hmm. But Wayman, you said that for gardening, that you can't just quite wrap your head around it, right? It just, it doesn't quite make sense in your head. You know, um, I would attribute that exact same thought process to like me and math. And I've always said math <laughs> just, uh, math just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Here's my question is that do we say that we can't wrap our head around things because maybe for that specific topic, it may not come naturally. It may not come easy. We actually have to put effort in to learn it and get better at it. And so is that why we say, you know, we don't want to put in the time and the effort to actually learn about it. So then we just say, oh yeah, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me right this second. So eh, it's not my thing. It's hard for me to wrap my head around. Or do we focus on, do we naturally are inclined to talents and abilities, not only because of interest, but then also because maybe it just comes natural to us or it's, it, mm. there's lower barrier to entry. So it's almost like a, like a cost situation where how much are you willing to put in um, and what would be the value that comes out? And if the value is higher than your cost, then usually you would do it. So I would say yes, especially for gardening, because I don't find any um, value to gardening other than it looks beautiful, right? But the amount of work and the amount of 
understanding and the amount of tools that I would have to, or not really I would have to, but just to acquire and stuff like that doesn't pique my interests or values. So I would say, yeah, no, I, the reason why I would say I can't wrap my head around it is because I don't want to. Hmm. I want somebody else to do it. Well, okay, this kind of also gets into, I, I kind of feel, Jake, like you, you were leading into this idea of uh, when you're talking about the amount of time, the amount of effort that goes into something, uh, it's kind of this idea that if it doesn't come naturally, if you don't already somehow know a bunch about whatever it is that you're trying to get into, and if uh, you expect that it's going to take a lot of time, you might struggle to ever prioritize that time, depending on how motivated you are to like care about that and get, get involved. So in this case, women saying, hey, gardening, uh, I mean, seems legit. I don't exactly see all the value in it. Maybe there's a level of appreciation that isn't quite there, where if it was, it would push you to prioritize getting the knowledge and uh, kind of skill set that you need to dive into it and be legitimate with it and not just like treat it as this foreign, unfamiliar thing that you're like, eh, it's not me. I'm not a gardener. But Jake, I don't know how to use the math example exactly because that's just like, <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same way about things like tips or whatever. I'm not exactly sure if that's quite the same because that isn't something you just like deeply research one day and then you can figure it all out. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't know. Maybe it's well, just like I think, okay, so maybe without using a specific example, it's just like, let's say that we're given a choice of something that is easier and comes natural to us or something that is a little bit more difficult, we'd have to invest more time. We'd really have to like sit down and, and focus on getting better at it. Mm -hmm. I guess the point that I'm making, or not point, but the question that I'm just proposing is, or theory, whatever you want to call it. I just feel like as humans, we are more naturally inclined to always choose what comes easy and natural to us. Mm -hmm. And then instead of putting in effort for some things that like, maybe it just takes two weeks of studying something or just practicing it and getting better. And then that could be almost something that then moving forward comes easier, natural to you. But because you have to put in time and effort, I just wonder if people, all of us included, just use kind of the quote excuse of, oh, I don't feel like in our heads, we're thinking, I don't feel like putting in time and effort to learning this thing. And so outwardly, how we vocalize that is, oh, yeah, that's just not me. That's just, yeah, yeah I don't do that. Right? Yeah, it's true, though, because that's a good point in the sense of, uh, I was just thinking, the people who, everyone does this, but you'll say things like, that's not me. As I encounter those, those things, and someone will be like, oh, how do you do that? That's not me. For instance, I'll just give the example of like coding. Um, I always think to myself, like, it's just something anyone can do. But I, I feel like that applies to all things <laughs> across just any general set of skills or knowledge base. It's just like, just given enough time, anyone could be anything, theoretically, uh, without like physical limitations. If it's just like a mental thing of learning stuff, then yeah, uh, at any point in time, we could be any of those people. You could be a gardener or a mathematician. <laughs> it's just, are you going to put the time and effort into it? So, yeah, I see how, 
as for why we pick the easier stuff, I don't exactly know because it, it is a matter of I have to prioritize learning more about it or diving into it or getting started or whatever. And so there's like daunting aspects of that. One could be, I have no idea how to get started. I don't even know where to start learning, where to start looking for like better resources, how to practice this, how to any of that. It could just be like a lack of knowledge entirely. That could be a thing. It could be a lack of motivation in terms of things like, do I actually appreciate and value this? Kind of like where Wayman's at, where he's kind of debating like, <laughs> is this worthwhile in the first place? Or would I rather just like pay some guy to do it? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? What What are some some of the reasons why you might not take the time to do something if it does require that extra layer of effort and learning? One good point. I was talking about this topic with Brooklyn and Kyler, and we kind of had the same conversation earlier. So mm -hmm. I was getting a little warm up in. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But something that they, an idea that they proposed to me though, is maybe when it comes to, let's go back to your self-identity and your sense of self. And there are those things that you say, well, that's not me. Well, you could make the argument like I kind of have been of saying, well, that's just an excuse to not put in effort and try. But what about your preferences? So kind of like with Wayman with gardening, you know what, is gardening really important? Is it really imperative to his life that he becomes good at gardening or is it okay that he's just like, no, it's not an excuse. I just don't, I just don't like it. Like you don't have to like everything. Yeah. I think the question comes up of where's the line between using as an excuse, but where's the other one? It's just a preference. And you're like, no, I, I just don't ever want to be good at this thing. I don't, I do not care. You know? Yeah. I think it also depends on um, return return on investment, right? Let's say, for example, you're just doing it as a hobby type situation. If you like it, you're going to do it, right? But let's take, uh, let's take money, money into example, right? I love cooking, right? Everybody knows that. Uh, but <laughs> episode five, rest wait, assured. It, wait, you cook, you like cooking? Dude, yeah, I, I love cook? cooking. <laughs> we are a solid five for five now, boys. <laughs> That's literally gonna happen. I feel it. It's just it's brilliant. But just in, just as an example, right? I love to cook, but the return on investment of not only my time but also money played into the factor of why I decided to take up and learn a new skill set, which is technology. Like if I was if I was to do this back when I was in either college or like beginning of my adult quote unquote life. I, I probably would have gave up in a heartbeat because it just, it wouldn't have made sense. But I had to push myself in order to understand the topics, the ideology, the, the actual like workflow and stuff like that. Because I knew that in the end of the day, I would have a better paycheck than what I would have if I did something in the past or like for cooking or hospitality in general very practical outlook and approach yeah. you know jake i'm realizing you were kind of saying i'll, I'll have to be the uh would you call it the the runner of organizing the conversation the traffic, traffic, traffic <laughs> controller traffic, traffic oh, yeah. controller yeah so i'm i'm sensing a big conversation coming in <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's flying overhead <laughs> and i'm trying to be like uh 
do we, I don't, I'm not sure I want to let this one land because we still got a lot to talk about. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and redirect this one. Maybe we yeah, can do it in yeah. another podcast, but there's this conversation of just what are our core motivations in the first place and how do they <laughs> organize our, our sense of what we care about and how we prioritize anything. Because uh, just, we, we just opened up that little can and, and we're just peering into it and we're like, okay, so what were the reasons that he picked to do something hard in the first place that he wouldn't do now? And it was, you know, related to money or related to this thing or that. Anyways, so like, I'm going <laughs> to usher on the, uh, the motivation yeah, plane. Yeah. It's gonna That's, I'm following, I'm following your lead. But... Okay. But <laughs> wait a minute, I'm going to reel us back real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that in your brain, you've got like this little business that's running. And uh, there's this one guy who's, who's the guy who always asks, hey, uh, what's the return of, uh, what's the ROI on this gar whole gardening thing? <laughs> and then, and then Plus, I'm crunching numbers here. I mean, they're not adding up. The gardening numbers are not adding up. I'm just trying to get some ROI on this one. Cindy, what do you got? And then your little interns that are just like running around trying to like gather some data on like, yeah, is there any value in this to any other part of my life? I don't know. And they start consulting the different compartment departments of your brain. Anyways, that's a uh, that's how I'm imagining that all went. <laughs> no, it's like <laughs> I, I I contribute it to my dad. My dad's always about what's the return on investment, and I'm like, oh well, business just throws into my mind all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I'm gonna pull up a, another conversation now that might be. Oh, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump to the next step. Let's say, let's assume that you've determined, you know, Cindy came back and she's like, the ROI on this one is hot. Check these numbers. And you're like, this seems legit. Okay, you got the data. But it's something that you haven't ever started before. Something brand new. You might be a little bit unfamiliar with it. I just want to kind of explore for a second what types of people you are in these situations. I, for me, I usually find myself in two types of categories. Uh, there's either the category where I just jump in the deep end, you know, I dive in head first and I just submerge myself in it, get my hands dirty, get messy, figure things out as I go. But then there's the other side, which I tend to do probably err on the side of this too often, but it's the side that's just like, hold up, before I can like dip my toe in there, I'm going to do a crap ton of research and learn everything that I can until I feel ready to like start tiptoeing in there. What do you feel like you guys are more often or in what types of areas of your life do you take one approach or the other? I think for me, when I do research, it has to do with something where like, I would have, like, it's something where I don't understand, I guess would be the best way to put it. It's like, I don't understand why, what the actual like workflow is. Like how, how does, how do you get to X from A, A to X? Because like a lot of times you're like, okay, I guess actually this is a good story. Uh, Amway, pyramid scheme, stuff like that. So, so, so this is a story of when I was uh, teaching how to, how, I was culinary teaching and I, it was my first time. And I think it was like three, three classes in and I started like knowing my flow and everything like that. A guy approached me and was just like, hey, you know, I know you're a struggling chef. 
uh, of some sorts, and I want to see if I can help you. I'm oh like, God. okay. <laughs> you, are you seeking financial independence? <laughs> some, yeah, actually, you know what the funny part is? It's just like, yeah, you know, I, but he made it like more cool, like not, not like, you know, in millennial terms. It's like, dude, you want like, dude, I went to Hawaii. It was sick. Like my phone got destroyed, <laughs> bought a new phone. I'm like, okay, cool. Like in my head, I'm just like, I don't really care like what you do. Just kind of tell me what you do. So I understand like what you mean by helping me with getting money and stuff like that, being financially uh, independent and stuff. He starts being like, no, 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 you don't understand. Look at the car I drive. Look at, <laughs> look at the dates that I'm going on. Uh, this, see this new tux? Yeah, check this out. Do you smell this? Uh, <laughs> Versace, Versace. I'm like, oh my gosh. But so at that point, since I didn't understand it, but then I knew that there, at some point there was a huge re- like return on from investing my time to give me the promise of saying you will be financially independent and you would be able to own your own restaurant if you did this but i didn't understand how to get to x when i was at a and so then i started investing a little bit of my time to understanding it more because of that big you know golden goose the north star uh, I'm sorry, did you say here. golden goose? The golden, golden goose. goose. The golden goose. And so... Wave it! Wave it! I'm the golden goose! Turn into a freaking animal house here. Oh. Uh, kidding. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so I, that's where I invested. And then, you know, once I pressured him and I was just like, dude, I don't like, what is this? Like, you have to like, just tell me, what is this? Is this going to bring me to where I want to be? Or is this freaking Amway? And the guy was like, and, like, I didn't say like freaking Amway. I was just like, what is this company? Like, I need to understand what this company is before I just decide to drag my foot in there. And then, you know, I was investing a lot of my time just reading these stupid business books with like small Ooh. inserts and stuff like that. And like, I never read business books, right? <laughs> Except for school. I read business books for school, but only like, um, because I didn't think I would need to understand the philosophies that the writers had at the same time. Because at that point, it was at their time frame and trying to apply that to current times in my situation. I didn't understand how it relate. And that was back when I was younger. So whatever, but I took the time I invested and I thoroughly researched this activity. And then at the end point, I figured out that it was Amway. And then I was like, hashtag no. And then like, I left Starbucks. Uh, Cause that's apparently where, <laughs> that's where they all have their meetings. Always, Starbucks. always dude. You just go in there, you see a bunch of kids, you see a young kid and then two adults with suits on, it's it's over. It's it's Amway. You're like, dude. That sounds way more ominous than an Amway meeting. <laughs> two adults with suits on. It, that's basically it. And then like you would know when they're at a certain stage because you would have the table here. And then if you look like maybe to the right or left that there's an adjacent table, there's two adults just kind of like, looking like they're talking but they're awkward af at that at that uh cafe like at starbucks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they're like oh yeah meet my friends tom and jill and then they like turn around just like and then they bring their chairs over you hear that scooching of the chairs they're like hey i'm tom i'm jill it's like yeah I, um i brought on bob here and he's been really great with 
with the company and like you know we just want to share our prosperity with you and then just yes. like hate it hate wow. everything about this oh geez it's like a small modern day cult oh yeah. man so for me uh when i invest my time it's when there is a really big promise that oh. i financialfreedom.com yes. financialfreedom.com <laughs> make millions own your own business Wayman, who knew the answer to all your problems just consisted of granola bars <laughs> and, and selling those bad boys to your family, to your friends who are <laughs> close enough that will listen to you. Oh my gosh, uh, dude. <sighs> anyways, yeah. It's, it's a life. Sorry. Jake? I'm, I'm haunted by this story. <laughs> uh, no, so... I've learned that it kind of depends on what it is, but for the most part, I'm a ruminator. I don't know if I'm necessarily a researcher. I don't know if I'm necessarily a dive right in. I'm a thinker where I just have to, what'll happen is I'll get this little spark of something like, hey, you know what, maybe you should do this. Or I'll get this little idea in my head and I go, okay. And then it could be days, weeks, months, even sometimes years where I just like, just think a little bit and just go, hey, me, me, hi, me, 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 me. you know, just think. <laughs> just and then, and then kind of, and this is a broad generalization, but I'll sit for X amount of time just going, hey, me, 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 me. and then one day I'll just wake up. I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this a shot. And so I like to think a lot of times that I'm a, a dive in because I have those where I just wake up and I go, you know what? I haven't run in 12 years, but today I'm going to go on a run. Mm-hmm. But it's most likely is probably not that spontaneous. It's because it's just been marinating for so long. Yeah, it's defrosting, yeah, thawing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's finally fresh and ready. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. So I don't. I I think that answers your question. I have mm-hmm. to sit with when it comes to any decision in life. I have to sit and just let it sit in my brain for however long and then and then once it once it's sat for x amount of time then it's a pretty quick yes or no decision for me yeah i found myself to be the type that is a thinker but like i i won't start something unless i've thought it like all the way through typically i think is my prime favorite example like dates back probably like 12 years ago my good friend zach and i would buy a video game because he had a he was allowed to play video games at his house and he had like a, you know, video games, a console. That's what they're called these days. Is that <laughs> Anyways, what the kids are called? Apparently, and, uh, I, I didn't know. We go splitsies on a, on a game. And so we roll up to Walmart or whatever, grab ourselves an Xbox game or something like that. So here's what would happen. This is the, like the difference between our two personalities and how I like to describe this is we, we pop that fresh case open after we've unsealed and everything. He puts his grimy hands all over that disc, slaps it in the Xbox, closes it, starts playing. Me, I open that puppy up. I just start smelling the good smells. I bust out that, <laughs> that fat booklet. I don't oh, know. You the know, manuals, yeah. So kids these days won't understand, and I'm really dating myself here, but games came, if they came with a CD in the first place, which that's like a thing of the past anyways, uh, but they also came with booklets. And these booklets would be fat stacks of instructions on how to play the game. I would read that cover to cover. 
<laughs> and then I would get online. I would get on like, you know, IGN walkthroughs and, or not walkthroughs, but like, I don't know, whatever. Especially if it was like a character creation game or something like that. I'd have to know like everything that I was going to do from the start of the game to the end of the game before I would play it. And uh, interesting. <laughs> and I feel like I've treated a lot of life like that too, honestly. Whereas, you know, it's funny, like, okay, let's give a prime example of like RPG or something like that, that I play. I would, um, I, I, here's the, like the downfall of my approach is I would read all about it and I'd be like, dude, you know what? I think I really want to be, you know, let's say I'm playing like a Elder Scrolls game or something. I'd be like, I really want to be some archer. Uh, and I'm going to be like this race and that, you know, I pick all that stuff. Then I, when I actually pop in the game and I start doing it, I experience the mechanics of like firing an arrow or something like that. And then I'm like, oh, this, oh, shoot. You know what? This isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. But then I like, you know, throw some fireballs or something. I'm like, oh my God, why did, why did I not pick that all along? <laughs> you know? So it's little things like that. Whereas like the cool thing with like Zach's approach is he would always just like jump right in. And then he'd just be like going to town gaming. He has no idea what he's going to do when, by the time he levels up and he gets to like choose his characters. Anyway, he's just like playing and just figuring that all out as you go. He's like, based on this experience, I think I want to do this. But based on that experience, I might change my mind a little bit, go here. But it's always like totally experiential based and not, you know, research based. <laughs> but I think throughout my life, I've definitely erred on the side of doing way too much research before I actually experience something. See, dude, that's super. So sticking with that same example, <clears throat> I'm different in a sense, because if I have the game in hand, I'm cracking it open, I'm plugging it in. And I never, I never read the instruction manuals. I was just like, I'll, I was like, whatever, I don't have time. I'll figure it out. But, but where my thinking, you know, where my processing and thinking came, that was the two to three weeks that I thought about buying the game before mm -hmm. I bought it. See, my thinking is saying like, is this a good game? Am I going to enjoy this? Where could I allocate my money? And so that's where my thinking happens. But again, once I make the decision of, okay, nope, I'm going to go today and buy that game. Then it's done. Then I have the game. I plug it in. I burn the instruction manual. I get my lighter <laughs> and I burn it and say, I don't need you. I'm independent. And then I play for 10 minutes until I get frustrated that I don't know what I'm doing. I should have read the instruction manual and then I have to go online and look up just a little help here and there. Mm -hmm. But you know. And, uh, and, and your mom is outside the door as the fire alarm's going off like <laughs> <laughs> dang it jake you know you're not <laughs> you know you're not independent where did you get that lighter again <laughs> son how many times do i have to tell you you are not independent yes i am <laughs> give me that lighter son <laughs> yeah. oh boy dude but uh another prime example i think which um has has had its twists and turns for me was deciding where I was going to move to when I graduated uh, college. And that I did <laughs> with a spreadsheet and a bunch of data. I like try to make the decision based entirely <laughs> off this idea that like, you know, uh, I could figure out everything I need to figure out by pulling open the instruction manuals on this city, that city, this city, and that city, comparing all of them and then making a decision. <clears throat> uh, the crazy thing was I hadn't experienced any of the cities that I was looking at in the same way that we're saying like this game in the booklet idea. It was just like, <laughs> I had never been to Boise before. I had barely been to Idaho uh, or really much of the West Coast. And 
it was crazy how I just made this like big life decision on where I was going to spend at least a year of my life based entirely off of, you know, what I would say is like spreadsheets, data, paper, the booklet, right? Doing all that like research that's just like knowledge based, not experiential based in the slightest. And then when I got out here, <laughs> there were, there were some things that's like, it came to light why some of the data I was seeing was the way it was. And it wasn't what I was exactly expecting the reasons why were. So there's a sense of like, I could gather a bunch of quantitative data on these different cities, but I didn't get that qualitative general feel for that city until I immersed myself in it. For instance, real quick, I'll, I just, I love telling the story, so I'm just gonna go on it. Like Meridian, on paper, it looks fantastic. Meridian, Idaho, seems like the most idyllic Pleasantville in the US. Uh, turns out a big reason for that is because <laughs> it's just like tons of suburbanite little villages beefed up against each other in identical little houses. And uh, a lot of the main roads are just like giant plateaus of concrete that pizza joints and mattress firms are stacked on top of. <laughs> and, you know, it's a. Uh, that works for them. There's like a school every 50 feet and people are there super happy and it's like super family oriented. Everyone's riding their bikes everywhere. It's great. Um, that's not exactly what I was looking for, <laughs> <laughs> but on paper, it's like, oh, okay. The crime rate there is extremely low. The cost of living is great. The uh, climate is fantastic. The yada, 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 you get the idea. But like, it looked amazing on paper. I had never experienced it though. So I made a decision without having ever ever played the game before it was interesting <clears throat> so Dude, that's like that's one thing that i feel like for myself i've learned because in a lot of ways i am that overanalyzer trying to plan everything out right and i'm not gonna like i'm not trying to like plug my extracurricular activities but i have to say improv is something that has really helped me out a lot with just going and i personally think the best way to go about life is to just just do it and figure it out because like you were saying with moving to Boise or like figuring out well you know what's with Boise or Eagle or Meridian you can look at all the best places you can look up all these websites gather all your quantitative data but exactly like you were saying you don't know until you're doing it it's almost like save yourself the time and just just do it mm -hmm. and then figure it out from there and you'll learn you know and the tie, I guess the tie that I bring up improv and why I say is because the whole point of doing improv is that there is no plan. It's just, you just get on stage and it's just whatever you're given, you just roll with it on the spot. There's no planning. There's no thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's a different type of thinking, but that's why I brought that up. I think I'm a mix between you two because I read the instruction manual. I appreciate the instruction manual because it has really good art. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. But then I don't really, I kind of skim. And so I don't get all the details. So then I just jump into the game. And then I know some things. And then I don't. And then that's where I had to like, like brush off all the ashes and then like look at the specific page that I accidentally burned that has the instructions of how to complete the thing. So I'm like, I have like a mix between you two. And I think to that point with the meridian and the boise and then the eagle situation uh -huh. um, i honestly think it has to do with uh personality 
because like mm-hmm. for me you know home like home turf meridian you know um Ooh. i i love it out here like yeah like none of my um none of my friends are out aren't here um and none of my like yeah actually none of my friends are out here there's not really much of a nightlife out here type situation like yeah you can go to a bar but that's about it but an example is my neighbor barbara <laughs> that, oh, Barb. <laughs> barbara yeah barb uh bless her soul uh like i was out getting ready to go to the grocery store and she was just like oh is that is that you wayman i'm like oh, hey, how's it going, neighbor? And she's just like, you know, I just, are you still working? And I'm like, well, I'm about to go to the grocery store right now. But she, but the last time I talked to her was when I first moved into this house. And she thought I was still cooking. And she was just like, yeah, everybody's been laid off. Like I was, I was worried about you. And I would come and check on your house and everything. And I was just like, wow. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, sorry (laughs) but you know it's it's such a like for me i like this family oriented style of living like it's not like the cookie cutter houses that everybody's been built right now but yeah i'm lucky enough to be in an established neighborhood that has a more of a family feel uh, feel to it for sure i definitely (laughs) yeah i definitely give it more of a bad rap than i actually think like (laughs) I, i i genuinely do appreciate that place but it's not your style, though. It's not your lifestyle type situation. Yeah. Also, a d- disclaimer for our audience. We have changed all names from their real names from this podcast to protect the identities of those <laughs> who right. may be mentioned. <laughs> My name's not Jake. Uh, we're not talking about Meridian isn't a real place and Barbara isn't a real person. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Oh, okay, so awkward transition. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, but like, that's that's mainly like for me. I don't just simply jump in. I have to. I have to get. Um, what's that word? Not stimulated, but like, I had to find some sort of like, like oh that like, aff- not affection. I'm gonna find words. I'll figure that out later. But I had to find some type of like, like goal or not goal. Actually, I'm just gonna say I. I had to find some type of like to that actual subject in order to actually do it, but then jump into it like super quick. Mm. So that edit's going to suck. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Classic dude. Yeah. But what about like gardening, for instance, where where are you at with that? Is that something that you're like, I'm just going to dive in and try and figure it out. Or is that something that you were like, "Uh, I won't start buying any equipment or doing anything until I've thoroughly researched this and I understand it in and out. So that's a funny, that's a funny thing that you said that because the main thing that I actually started doing a little bit of gardening, but the main thing that actually tipped me to actually start gardening is weeds. It's just weeds just start popping uh-huh. up and you're just like, no, you're not. Like there was stuff like kind of popping up next to my house. I'm like, nope. So like I bought a sprayer, <laughs> I bought chemicals. And I just started spraying all my weeds. Yeah, burn uh, everything. Just Woo! burn it down to the ground. <laughs> kill but it. The problem then comes to is after you kill the weed, what do you do? And and so most of the time I hear, oh, you got to pull the weed. And I'm like, do I really have to pull the weed? And so now I'm like doing a little bit of research of like the best ways to actually take uproot a natural weed. And when I say research, I'm like haphazardly looking on my phone every once in a while. 
You, all right, all right. you eat it shattered remains. <laughs> you know, that's funny because there is places like restaurants that you that are doing like weed or like foraging style cooking where they'll go out, pull up all the edible plants and stuff and then make a meal out of it. Yeah, and charge you 200 bucks. Basically, yeah. For, yum some, yums. for some grass, I could have just yeah. face planted myself <laughs> in earlier. But... <laughs> oh, yep. did you guys get this from outside? Yeah, I just tripped and fell, ate some of it earlier. It sounds, it tastes just the same. Got that taste of blood a little bit from the my bit lip. Oh, it's got an irony. It's got yeah. this iron it. <laughs> oh, dude, this, this from outside? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that's tight, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Wayman. Yes? I, I want to keep going on this because I'm curious. In general, let's, let's pick something that you guys actually either have recently taken an interest in that was previously unfamiliar or you're, you're about to or in the process of doing it. That you like, hey, I'm going to start prioritizing this because it is something I want to start caring about and uh, doing more of or whatever it is. And maybe you're trying to break past whatever mental barriers it is. But once you get to the point where you say, okay, I do need to do some research on it, what do you guys feel is generally your approach when you're trying to tackle a new either skill or hobby or craft or whatever it is that you're trying to get into? Um, and you, you want to just know how to get started. What, where do you go? Like, do you have particular resources you're always turning to? Is it like people? Is it just the internet, like haphazardly Googling? What's your methodology when you get into that point? Dude, that's a good question. For me, it's all about people. Whether that activity, uh, like some of my friends are into or something, I feel like I really, I really need an established level of rapport or something. It's mm. almost like relatability. If I, if I look stuff up online on how to cook or for this technique, I'll kind of be like, okay, I get it. Maybe, maybe we'll see what happens. If I go to Wayman and I go, Wayman, what to do? And Wayman goes, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z. That's done deal. I go, okay, uh -huh. I need to do X, Y, and Z because I trust Wayman. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, he knows what he's talking about. Whereas I'm kind of skeptical, I guess. So people are definitely the number one. I try to, or if it's people that I don't know, I'm not friends with. There's a lot of like Bon Appetit um, chefs like that work for Bon Appetit, that just have a presence online that I've been following. So in a sense, like I kind of trust them just because I watch their content, you know, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I'm a big people and established rapport person. Dude, I feel that. That makes sense where you, you need that credible source to trust. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be like, you know, credible by an official standpoint, but just uh -huh. someone that for whatever reason I trust, mm -hmm. you know, because man, if I... Google search and Barb's got her own cooking blog, you know, and she's really going off about proper techniques. I was like, but what do you know, Barb? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know you. you. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I just say. I don't know you <laughs> sitting here online acting like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Barb. Dude, on a slight tangent. Oh man. You forget those, uh, I'm sure Wayman doesn't have to deal with this because he doesn't look up recipes ever. But uh, <laughs> when, when you look at up recipes online and you just want to find out how to make that one type of dish that like you saw at a restaurant one time, and you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. 
And <laughs> you're just trying to, to find the perfect recipe. This is something that was happening. I asked my roommate to make me chicken tikka masala for my birthday. It was so mm. nice. He's, he's just trying to find this recipe. And he's like, oh, geez. Barb is just going off for the first, like, <laughs> just like. Oh, my God. Two pages worth of just, like, <laughs> explaining. Oh, well, you see, the first time I tried this was at this tiny little restaurant at the end of the noon. And, you know, I've just been trying to recreate it ever since. And, you know, it's not exactly how my grandmama made it, but like, I think I have almost quite the same recipe. And, and she's like, and when I shared it with my friends, you know, it's, it's, she's just going off. Like, Dude, that's, and you're like, where's the ingredient list? I haven't even made it there yet. That's, that's what I hate. And I will go on record. I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> but dude, that's what I hate about all these home cooking blogs and stuff. It's like, yeah, chicken tiki masala, great. You know what I want? I want to click on that link and it goes, cool, here's a killer recipe. Bam, here's the ingredient list. Here's how you cook it. But you're right. It goes, well, it's, boy, summer just ca calls for summer drinks. Am I right? There's nothing more refreshing. I remember when my mother used to do, I'm like, shot where I don't care. I do not care. Where's the recipes? Dude, it, 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 it drives me off the freaking wall, man. I, I'm glad you relate to that. Okay. Sorry, that was like way more. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> that was just the right topic. Uh, we'll we'll save another podcast just for that. If any of you, if any of you listening to this do a home blog, you know how you can get more views and more visits to your webpage. Just post the recipe. Do two sentences on how you came across it, and then post the recipe man well so zach was saying that like if if he goes through the recipe itself and he's like you know what I, I appreciate that then only then might he start reading whatever it is you have to say about you and your grandmama and the last time you had like a friend's night dinner and how everyone enjoyed it like only then will like that be acceptable but don't give me two pages of this fat text of just every one of your little experiences that you've ever had with every little bit of ingredient that's in here <laughs> like uh, <laughs> looking up i'm just searching chicken tiki masala recipe <laughs> online right now and i'm gonna find some i'm gonna find barb's website that just goes off about it <laughs> while well, i was doing that uh wayman what do, what do you think when you're trying to get into something unfamiliar or maybe you've done this in the past already you're, you're like okay i'm gonna prioritize this it's just currently i don't know how to get started What's, you, what's your approach? What method do you take to your initial getting started with something you have no experience with, really no knowledge with? What are your sources? How do you go about researching? Honestly, like, I, I do the worst thing that you can do is when you get into a hobby and it has to deal with equipment and stuff, I'll buy the equipment first. So like, <laughs> <My> guy, guitar, <laughs> electric guitar, piano, model kit building, uh, bowling, even bowling for an example, Dude, yeah. um, I'll just, I'll just flip and buy the product and then go at it. That that's like the beginning stage is I will always buy the product first. The <laughs> only one, the only hobby that I have not done yet. And that's just because this is older women. Now I have to think about, do I have enough time to actually, to actually do it mm -hmm. type situation? Like, will I actually allocate X number of minutes or hours to actually practice and be good in that field. So for violin, it's, I haven't bought the product yet, but I've now 
telling myself, how much time are you going to actually invest in doing X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And that's the same way with model kit. You know, the funny part is, is like, I got a new model kit and it's in its own, it's in this package. I got it for free. And I'm like, yo, this is a really good high grade model kit. I bought mm-hmm. some really snazzy snippers to like cut out the, the model. But now I want to buy like an air, like a air compressor regulator, an airbrush and then some paint because I want to paint and stuff like that. So like, that's how I usually get introduced into a new subject that I don't understand is buying the equipment first, trying it. If it looks like crap or I'm doing really crappy, then start learning it. But then now it's like the cost of how much time do I, or not cost, but how much am I going to allocate in my life to this uh, new hobby? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, you're trying to gauge what's the priority level on this one. You know, you, your brain's like, no, there's a reasonable ROI on this one. What's the priority level? <laughs> yeah. Not to name any names or like, you know, cause all names in here are uh, covered and renamed. Mm. But I do recall back at the time when Wayman and I lived together <laughs> that you and another roommate did tend to have this approach to any new potential hobby or skill or craft or whatever it might be that that interests oh, there there was two closets one was just like this main closet in the main area and one was just underneath the stairs they would just accrue items inside these closets okay to that to defend myself to defend myself no good <laughs> but to defend myself that closet space the only thing that was in there was moving boxes from when i moved in all that stuff was technically the other roommates fair fair no so, I, I i know i've had a lot of friends who do this too where they'll have like many obsessions that they might dive into for a moment where they're like oh yeah i'm gonna be a freaking dj i'm gonna get this now they buy a turntable they just like lay out all the stuff it's in there they're they're going at it they spend like a week tops getting at it and then they're like yeah it's in my closet now i, I don't know I, sh- I shouldn't have bought that <laughs> you know and then you're like asking them oh dude how's how's that uh djing going they're like oh what oh yeah i did buy that didn't i uh yeah no it's in my closet oh. <laughs> yeah dude yeah so okay didn't quite answer my question though wayman oh. I, I do like that answer that's funny but legit like i've I've definitely done the same at times in my life and then wish I could have returned it. But anyways, once Wait, you, can you reword your question again then? So once you've decided that you've prioritized something, okay, it, you've bought the equipment already. We know that, <laughs> <laughs> but now you're like, legitimately, I'm going to prioritize this. Let's say you bought all the equipment <laughs> and uh, you're ready to prioritize it. Yeah. How do you go about learning even what to begin to do with that equipment? It starts with fumbling. I start by actually just trying it out. So like, for example, actually guitar, I actually tried to learn guitar and I would just, you know, put my fingers on the different strings and on the different frets. And then like, oh, like this makes this sound, this makes this sound. But you know, the sound just doesn't sound right. Like there's like, instead of this like nice note, it's like a thong type situation. And so, then I'm like, okay, 
just doesn't sound right. So then I'll either A, there comes about, uh, take a class. So like I took a actual mm. college course for guitar 101. And that was supposed to understand note reading and then basic like strumming, I guess. And then yeah. like actual like note playing and stuff. Yeah, nice. That didn't work out that well. I, mm. uh, I actually like just cut, cut down. Just <laughs> but like for me, how I learn a new technique or a new skill, like for model kit building, for example, uh, I actually turn to YouTube and then I also turn to blog posts, but it has to be specific. Like for your guys' example about recipes and how there's like all this shit text that's on the top. And then you have this like small link that's like, here's the recipe pile, click on this. And it's like, all these ads are in it. Like mm -hmm. I usually like, I'll just take those websites and I'll just like, I don't even visit. I like, I'll visit and then I'll just back out, like jump out in and out. Like it has to be like, not super focused, but focus on the actual topic. So if it's like, how to take off a piece from the runner without gouging out the plastic or how do you smooth out where you snipped on the plastic? If it's that specific, I will literally watch the video. I will look at the pictures and stuff like that and then understand that way. And I'm very visual and also hands-on. So like I will do it with the person that's doing it. Nice. Okay. That's cool. Does that, so does you, that answer it better? Usually you want a class because you're into uh, having a little uh, mentor or a teacher of some sort. That's pretty cool. Yes. That's legit. I'm trying to think about my answer to this and I think it's just insane amounts of research done online. I'll usually start say like at the Wikipedia page for whatever it is I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then I got to make a Google doc. Everything I've ever done. <laughs> so and oh man, I'll just start unloading, I'll dump. I'll link dump. I'll be like, first I'll, I'll do, start searching through like the various sources that I'm, I'm interested in, acquire a bunch of links, paste them all into this Google doc and then one by one, like go through them. And then just like tons of writing and research and just consuming all that research. All that juicy data, all uh -huh. that quantitative data you just did. Yeah. <laughs> just vacuum it up into my Google docs and then, uh, <laughs> And then I'll eventually feel prepared enough to do it. Or maybe I'll just, I'll die first. I don't know. One of the two things will happen. <laughs> uh, at least my, well, my beneficiaries, whoever they are, will receive a plethora of Google Docs. <laughs> he wanted you, David wanted you to have this Google Doc from 2014. <laughs> Okay. Actually, it's just like a, it's like a folder too. PlayStation or Xbox. Here are the pros and cons between PlayStation. Oh. <laughs> you joke, but that's super <laughs> legit. Oh no. I'm not kidding you. There, what uh, Most decisions I've ever made in my life are located in my Google Docs. That is so funny. Okay. On a weird random note, because I don't know why I decided to mention beneficiaries, but there's this cool thing that Google does, which is this like inactive account manager which means I assume after your account's been inactive for a certain amount of time, probably because you're dead, uh, <laughs> it, it will pass it off to whatever account that you choose. So you, you, you've given an email and it's like, okay, like they'll have access to your Google account if you remain inactive for a certain amount of time. I assume this has to do with death. I don't exactly know why uh, yeah. I have it otherwise, but this is a, a nice way. When I have been inactive, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> when my, when <laughs> 
on Earth long enough, we will go ahead and just pass your account off. Um, when my Earth profile has been inactivated. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to say from now on instead of death is, oh, my cat's inactive now. Um, <laughs> as, of, as of last week, my cat has been inactive. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I've thought about it and I think that that's probably the best way for me to like leave, like my brain is, uh, condensed into a Google doc that consists of about three gigabytes of documents. <laughs> so there's going to be like two, three people in my life who are just going to receive this one day, like six months after I die. <laughs> And they're going to be like, what do I do with this? So I'm pretty excited for that day when I become inactive on Earth. And then <laughs> six months later, two of my friends are going to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> what is this? And then yeah, I, my friends are going to be like, wait a sec, we're on this Google Doc. This is a ranking of our favorite of his favorite friends. <laughs> wait a second. I've got all my pros and cons listed out according to him. And you have all your pros and cons listed out according to him. Yeah. And, and I'll be like, hey, you should send this to all of my friends so they know <laughs> this is how I ranked you. Oh, wow. We have tangented far. Uh, <laughs> we've gone there and back again. And you know what's funny is I didn't even mention any of the things that I brought today. <laughs> but we're kind of out of time for the day. I don't know. Well, it Let's add, let's, let's at least cover one of yours. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. Which one? Pick a number one through uh, five. Jake. Number one, baby. Okay. Cause number, you know what that means? Number one is the one that's most prominent and top of mind. Cause that's the first one you write down. So it's here. You're right. You know what? Let's dive into it real quick. Um, my number one thing is, okay. So to recap, this is things that I don't think that I can do. And number one is cook a great meal for my friends by myself. And you see, I want to dive into this for a minute, actually. This is a good one to cover. I have some amazing friends here in Boise. I tell you what, like on, on, a, on a different level, in terms of their generosity and the ways that they like to show their appreciation for their friends, uh, their hospitality, it's incredible. In particular, obviously, <laughs> there's these two people who I'm joined with now. Jake Albers and Raymond Fung, a handful of my other amazing friends, they, they just like to do this where they will be so good at inviting you into their home and cooking you a great meal. And it's such a great way of bringing people together. And I've learned this while being here in Boise, that meals are just an incredible way to just spend an evening with the people you enjoy. I've, I've admired it so much. <laughs> but I've also seen it taken to really high tiers. I mean, like, obviously we know Wayman has blown it out of the park for like every meal that he's ever invited all of his friends to. It's like, oh, geez, if I invite you over, I'm going to like heat up some Totino pizza rolls. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I can't even host people anymore because I'm deeply ashamed about the fact that like I cannot compare to whatever you guys are doing with your amazing hospitality and generosity when it comes to especially giving food to your friends. So I've felt this sense of like ineptitude and the sense of I'm not that guy. I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. I'm not good at cooking. I don't know how to do it. I wouldn't be as good as others. So I have all these things that are like these mental barriers that we were kind of talking about that lead me to this general idea that like I can't cook a great meal for my friends by myself in the same way that they can. 
do for me. So that's my, my thing that I'm just like been struggling with. See, that's interesting to me. Well, and it makes complete sense because Wayman is just, you know, a sweet little baby angel that is, that oh, has come down man. to the <laughs> A baby angel. <laughs> a baby a angel little, with his golden he's ears. A, he's a sweet little cherub that comes down. And you're like, Wayman, I want, I want tiki masala. And he's like, oh, it's all, I already made it. I just knew. You know, he's just got that cooking sixth sense. But what do you think is your main hold up to cooking is, is it solely the fact that let's say that the three of us were going to do a meal and you're like hey you guys should come over i'm cooking is it judgment that kind of <laughs> you are afraid of in that sense and that's why you say well i don't cook you know i don't cook for my friends that's just not what i do i mean that that's definitely one and but a reason why i would even begin there is like first of all because it's just a total lack of experience with cooking shareable large meals just in general, my experience, yeah, experience is just not there. I've only done it a handful of times in my life. Throughout my entire life, it has not been something I have regularly done to show appreciation for my friends and to bring them over and to like bring people together. Like when I'm hosting people, it was usually not that. There's inexperience, unfamiliarity, a sense of like not knowing too, because of what I do know how to make, it's only for you know, like one person. And it's the type of stuff that I'd enjoy, but I know <laughs> not everybody else is going to enjoy. So there's that. So it's, it, it's a handful of things. I think it like, it covers. So yeah, the mental barriers are, I'm not good at cooking. And then the thing that you're talking about of judgment is, yeah, I wouldn't be as good as anyone else. <laughs> so those, those are two big barriers, I feel. I think the hard part with cooking too is that it's not very thoroughly investigated or being able to like precisely know that if I combine these ingredients with these specification of measurements that I will have the best meal ever because there's so many different outside factors that could happen to make this reproducible recipe still taste like crap. And and that and that has happened to me a couple of times where it's just like when it comes to a recipe, most of the time most chefs will not write down specific things that they do in the recipe because they do it out of habit. And so when they re mm. recreate that recipe or you or the person recreate that recipe at home, it's not as good as if they did it. Mm. In this case, like lack of experience and then also confidence. There's not enough confidence in mm -hmm. their cooking. So they're actually just reading the recipe verbatim word for word mm -hmm. and if i don't execute it with um if i don't execute it through the steps it's not going to turn out right yeah yeah but like for example your your christmas ham wasn't that bad <laughs> but through way to start it off <laughs> the last thing that you made for me you know it wasn't bad <laughs> it, but also it wasn't just you cooking it was other people cooking mm -hmm. at the same time and so what threw me off on that specific part of the meal was the fact that you were able to create two flavors <laughs> on that ham that was very impressive i will say that right now that was the most impressive thing <laughs> the flavors are good but it was very impressive that you were able to do that so you have 
So you have the ability to be creative, and I think that should be also a big confidence booster of actually cooking bigger meals. Because all you really need to do is just expand out the ingredients. That's all you have to do. But then also with expanding out those ingredients, it's just having the confidence to create from there. And I think you have the confidence of creation. It's just the translating that to cooking. I appreciate that uh, supportive note there. I, I, yeah, I hope that I can definitely do that and start trying that. Jake, what's your advice for me? <laughs> I think kind of like how I've learned to cook too was just it's just trial and error but kind of in the sense of picking yeah pick your favorite recipes follow those recipes and then just get good at it and just keep I think it's just the consistency the more you cook the more you learn and then like over years now it's gotten to a point where you know you don't need a recipe anymore where you just go oh I want to make this and I just know Mm. you know kind of proportions wise what to do but that only comes along with just I mean, one of two routes, either just trial and error over and over and over. You just keep making stuff or you go to like culinary school, you know, and then they teach you, you know, then you bypass kind of the whole trial and error. But even that's right. still a ton of trial. So still a ton of trial. you just consistency. You just keep doing it. Yeah. And tell your friends too, if you happen to, let's say this, you want to cook a meal for your friends. Let's just say that you happen to have one friend that's really good at cooking, like has a ton of cooking like experience. Tell them to frick off and say, listen, guy, I'm learning. You can save your little dumplings or whatever you're trying to make, whether it's stroganoff or dumplings for later. And I'm not, I'm not pointing anyone out. I'm not calling anyone out. Let's, say it's one, let's just say it's one of us three that's really good at cooking. Okay. You can okay. tell him to leave his judgmental ass at home. <laughs> oh wow i man i'm about to get a cold or something somebody's talking really mad mad about me for some reason uh i was I like, oh what, you thought that was about you what? no i didn't i just i feel a little bit cold right now well, I have a cold just, coming through no 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 it's just one of those things we all know a guy who's like that guy like you know we all have one Lives out in the suburbs, likes to VR, has a hookah, is awesome at cooking. Is her, his neighbor, neighbor is Barb. <laughs> we all know that guy. Right, oh, right. Every, yeah, every, every podcast has got one. Yeah. Of those guys. Yeah. Toyota Camry. Yeah. I mean, we're. <laughs> Don't call that one car. No, all the names have been changed <laughs> to, to maintain their. <laughs> the security of their identities <laughs> oh well so back on a serious point though and this is probably maybe a repeat is it the fact that you're gonna that you think you're gonna fail makes you not want to cook oh sure i mean that, that's that's a big part of it because like yeah, that'd be kind of super embarrassing i invite all my friends over i'm doing this meal and then it just bombs because <laughs> then what are we gonna do just like well, I got some Totinos in the freezer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd no, have some Totinos right now. But yeah, I guess it, that's, that's a big part of it for sure is, is the potential embarrassment if I do fail in front of my friends and just like, ah, well, shoot, what are you going to do? Just like order some food because Dave really messed that one up, you know? Yeah, that, that's a big part of it. Yeah. So let's, let's loop this back to the beginning then because this is a perfect spot to do it. I feel like that's also a big reason 
that people may not say that they're this type of person or they get into these things. It's because pursuing this endeavor potentially could mean failure. Mm. And most people, myself included, typically don't want to fail. And so you just kind of avoid it. Here's a, here's an example, like kind of my transition, just a quick one, because I know we've been going for a while. In high school, I stopped playing sports and I switched over to music. And I was thinking about it today even, and I was going, well, what a, a lot of factors went into that. But naturally, I'm such a competitive person. However, when it came to sports, though, competing in sports and stuff, I've since identified this. I'm trying to like change it. When playing sports or competing, there are going to be winners and losers. There, there is that competition. There is failure. There's success and failure. And I think when I was much younger, I was like failure adverse. And so then I gave up because I was like, well, I don't like the pressure of having to compete and potentially failing. So music is a lot less, it's more creative. There is not like a success and failure, so to speak, as there is in a game mm. or something like that. And so mm. that was one reason I think that kind of transitioned me off of that. So perhaps in your case too, it's with, you know, saying, well, I'm just not a chef. I don't really cook. I don't mm -hmm. really cook for friends. It's because that maybe potential perceived failure. Yeah. No, uh, this has been really cool. We've gone all over the place, but generally I think we've addressed some pretty cool ideas. I'm, I'm stoked about this. Any, any closing thoughts? I had a feeling that our original idea was to come up with five things and that that was not going to happen at all. <laughs> and that it was more of a conversation, but I, I think there's more value in discussing the why behind this, like kind of the direction that we took instead of doing like, no, Wayman, what is number three on your list of things that you are not, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was a good conversation. You think, tell us in the comments and like, and subscribe and, <laughs> and follow us. And because we're on Spotify, dude, we can say that now we could be like, follow on Spotify, dude. Can they comment on Spotify? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, no i only see like i think the the nice part was we actually came we came with uh, a goal which was to create five and then talk about those five but then we also came in with those ideologies that we were thinking about in general and i think that's how this beautiful conversation came to be with facilitated mm. by David, Asad. Uh, so we got to give Nux. Not exactly sure how this one's going to work, but I'm just going to go ahead and uh, ready. Yep. And we're going to three, two, one. Uh, <laughs> you I, punched the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Like David said earlier, we released our first episode on Spotify. Thank you so much for everyone for checking that one out. This is episode five. So keep listening to us. So I'm just going to preemptively say thanks for listening to episode four. Ha ha ha. It hasn't been released yet. <laughs> yeah. But it will be by the time you listen to this one. So thanks, I guess. We do this for us, not for you. There you go. That's our sign off. It's 8.08. <laughs> and you know that's my favorite time. <laughs> that's an 8.08 drop. <laughs> What is going on here? Oh, Wayman. Wayman, why aren't you doing it? I... Wayman, you're doing the clap. You're doing the clap, right? <laughs> and then David, do the hi-hat.
I wonder okay. how that's going to sound on audio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. And that is actually the closing music. So we're being branded. <laughs> we're so expect to hear that at the end of every every podcast. Oh, classic. Oh, hey everybody! This is Gerald from Recorded Therapy Sessions. I hope you all having a great night. Um, oh God, yeah, I don't know how much more time I got, but um. I just, I love the boys. Great episode. I just want to let you all know that uh, they created an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, I just found out about this. Um, but if you go on your phone to Instagram.com, uh, uh, or it's an app, no wait, it's an app on your, f- um, it's an app on your phone. Uh, I think it, you free, you download it, yeah. Um, and then you get the search, you, if you search in it, for rts.pod, the, it, uh, it stands for the name of the of their uh, podcast, uh, Recorded Therapy Sessions dot b- podcast, but the millennials and the lazy, and they, uh, they're not trying to type a lot, I guess, you know, LMK, uh, GTG, LOL, <laughs> So, if you go onto that website, I think you uh, you can follow them, and they send you stuff or photos. Or I don't know yet. Um, have a great night.